Do you have a book report due tomorrow? Do you want to sound smart at your local library? Do you need to describe every painting technique to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to No Need to Read. Come gather around, it's story time with Nicholas Just Rally. There is no need to read with Nicholas Just Rally. If he's wrong, it's not a fun. Take everything with a side of salt. Come gather around for story time with Nicholas Just Rally. Welcome to No Need to Read with Nicholas Jose Riley, where Nicholas Jose Riley explains books so you don't have to read them. I'm Justin Willems. I'm Xander Wells. And I'm Nicholas Jose Riley, the original girl boss. <laughs> <laughs> and today we are talking Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. Our story today, folks, needs very little introduction. This love story comes from the bard himself in a little country we call England. This is Romeo and Juliet by the one and only Mr. William Shakespeare. Nick, let's go ahead and set the stage. Let's jump right into mm-hmm. it. All righty. When and where does this story take place? We're looking in the 1400s in Italy. 1400s in Italy. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Where in Italy? Well, as you know, Italy is a very large place. It is. Yeah. And so we're going to be looking in a little old city called Venice. 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 Can you give us uh, some small... Uh, just like, what's the most, what is Venice most known for? Uh, definitely the canals. The canals. Right. You think they play a very important part They play part an of the extremely story. important part. And yeah. do you like Venice? What's your favorite thing about Venice? Uh, my favorite there? thing about Venice is definitely how much water they just have in their city. Because, <laughs> I mean, when you look at it, not a lot of cities are like, let's just put a whole set of rivers everywhere. Yeah. Usually uh, when you build on a river, um, well, I guess at the time, you know, building a city, you know, transportation through the rivers. That's true. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I wish we would go back. No, no, it, it is. It is very cool. But, you know, there is the genuine problem of like, oh, what if, you know, it floods? That's true. Well, they built the... the, the yeah, that's why you build it up high. They're up high. That's true. You know. Stilts. They didn't They didn't account for global warming back then. That's true. <laughs> I don't think anyone did. I don't yeah. think anyone knew what that would have... No yeah. one... No one In the 1400s, no one anticipated carbon emissions. Yeah. That's true. If you try to explain to someone in the 1400s, hey, climate change is going to happen, they'd probably burn you to stake. They'd burn you to stake by just appearing in front of them, probably. That too, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and quickly cover the basics. The story involves two families with a deep-seated feud between them. Nick, go ahead. Who are these families? So one of the major players is, of course, the Capulets. The Capulets, uh, okay. The Capulets. And the other one is the Italianos. <laughs> <laughs> the Italianos? Mm-hmm. You see, oh uh, when Shakespeare gosh. was devising the names for everyone here, I mean, he has a lot of very inspired names, but towards the end, he was trying to come up with the names for the families, and I mean, he just he just dropped the ball. <laughs> now, did... Now, let's go... Uh, how... Big of a scholar are you with Shakespeare? I'd probably say I'm the world's most renowned you most oh, Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know the most? Yeah. How many plays did he write? Oh, you know, countless. <laughs> I don't know. I think we can I think count there's them. a really specific number. <laughs> uh, well, I think for the rest of you who haven't, you know, seen all the unpublished works, I mean, I, which I've seen. They let you into the archive. They let me. Yeah. In. I actually found okay, it the you've archive. Seen the, you've seen the, all the secret stuff. All the secret it, stuff. It should be known for the people listening in that do not know us. The three of us met in theater school. Theater school. In fact, we have two and a half theater degrees among us. This is this is our bread and butter. Yeah. And for Nick, we I studied think it's, this. It's his life being. So. I I'm honestly, you know, it's it's probably been my whole life's work studying Shakespeare. <laughs> All right. So, so the Italianos. So yep, we have the, the Italianos. Capulets. We have the Capulets and the Italianos. Um, uh, so let's go ahead, Nick. Of course, why is this story called Romeo and Juliet? Well, it's our two titular characters, Romeo, it- Italiano, Romeo Italiano, <laughs> and Juliet Capulet. A <laughs> little bit of rhyming there. For yeah, you. it's great. Yeah. It's great. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Now, listener, there is a lot uh, from any Shakespeare play that we can just dissect and extrapolate, but we don't really have time for that here, and neither do you. So from here forward, we are really just going to cover the broad strokes of the story and throw in a few notable and important lines so you really sound like you know what you're talking about. Uh, So with that, the story opens with a brawl in the streets between the two families. Notable people from each family join in on the fight. Nick, let's go ahead and get the names of a few of these people. A few of these people, so of course we have Romeo Italiano fighting with uh, the Italianos. 
And then we also have, so not technically a part of the family, but he is a family friend, is Mercutio. Oh, Mercutio. Yeah. Mercutio okay. is fighting with uh, Romeo because, you know, they're old pals. They go back, what's even Mer- though. What's Mercutio's last name if he's oh, not part of the family? Mercutio's last name? Yeah. Pizzeria. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> now, okay. Pete, Pete, Pete. So is that and a, tra- sure, is that a traditional sure? name? Are you sure? Yeah, that's an actual traditional name. You don't think that Italian was added names. in later until like, you don't think that was a translation? Well, I mean, if you want me to do the untranslated name, that works Please, as well. Please, yeah. Oh, you, you, this is your... Gabagool. Gabagool. <laughs> yep. But, I mean, we do pizzeria because, I mean, a lot of, of you know, people that aren't and, Italian can't predictably and we pronounce say, Gabagool. We should say that you are Italian. Yes, yes I am. Yes, for, for everyone listening. 100% you are Italian. Yes. Can you confirm that you are Italian? I am. Which I side? am a quarter Italian. Which side on your? Which side of your family? Uh, my mother's side. Okay. That reads. That reads. Yeah. Um, All right. God. Okay. okay. Our, our my my mother's maiden name Colangelo. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we have Mercutio who's fighting on the sides of the Italianos. Who else is fighting? Uh, well, you have a few other members of the uh, Italiano household. Okay, are they named? Uh, well, the, you know, they're given generic names. As you know, some side characters are not always given, like, full titles. So we have Father Italiano. Okay. First Brother Italiano. Okay. Second yeah. Brother cool. Italiano. In a play. Yeah, yeah. In, in a, a play, play, you're not going to know their yeah. names. You're not going to know the their script, names. In the script. What about, what about some of those Capulets? Yeah, what about the Capulets? Who's fighting uh, on the Capulets? We have, we have a few. So, of course, there's the unnamed ones, like the Cousin Capulet, uh-huh. First Brother Capulet. We also have... Martino Capulet. Martino. Martino. Martino Capulet. Classic Shakespearean character, Martino. Yeah, Martino Capulet. Uh, okay. Well, what's the fight like? like? Yeah, yeah, what's the fight like? It's a full-on brawl in the streets. Now, at this point, this is, this is you know, just a street brawl. There's, there's no swords coming out yet. Fighting with fists. Yeah, we're fighting with fists. 1400 now, Venice brawl. Yeah, Venice brawl. You know, they're going from canal boat to canal boat. They're fighting in them. They they have those long poles that they use to use those canals. They're fighting with <laughs> they're those. Using them canal poles. The holes, yeah, they're using the canal poles. <laughs> Dude, you get some range on that. I mean, you could <laughs> yeah. really honestly. It's like jousting. You yeah. really get some speed and yeah. some. Yeah, they actually they do right. that in the canals. That, that comes up later in the stories. The water joust. jousting. Yeah, that's right. That's crazy because one party would be going against the tide. Exactly. <laughs> It's wild to think back in Shakespeare's day that he had a production where they had water on stage to make this big, uh, you know, canal. Well, well known fact, the Globe Theater had a river running. You had a trough, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shakespeare the tam- insisted the tams. on it being in the, the, having tams. the Thames. <laughs> Shakespeare was like, we can't do this show unless we have, have a river. <laughs> then he hired actual real Italians to do it. Nobody understood the play at all. Um, but I think that's just the magic. They did the Italians. They yeah, they they were just living their life inside the Globe Theater. Uh, okay, so who ends up stopping the fight, and how? And how? Uh, who, the person that ends up stopping the fight is the uh, local local friar. He comes in. The local oh, okay. friar. What's his name? Uh, friar Jomu. Can you spell, how do you that, spell that? Jomu at J O M U. Jomu. It sounds French. Uh, yeah, he's French. Oh, whoa! <laughs> wow, a French friar. A French yeah, friar. He's a French friar. Well, that's 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 how he stops it. Is that he starts speaking French, and of course, all the Italians get upset. <laughs> and he, you know, it's the whole um like uh, martyrdom of being a man of God sort of deal. Right. He's pulling all their anger towards him so they can get it away from each other. Gotcha. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's clever. Nice. Yeah. All right. So after the fight, uh, we move forward uh, in the story uh, to the head of the house of Capulet, uh, who is deciding to throw a party for a young noble. Uh, but his real main intention for the party is to thwart the nobleman who wants to marry his daughter, Juliet. Mm-hmm. Um, who is this nobleman that they're throwing a party for? And why does Sir Capulet not want him to marry his daughter? Uh, this is another rival family. Well, I say rival family. It all the larger houses of Venice. You know, they 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 all want to be at the top. They got right. a lot of history. Yeah, but there's, have, no, there's but a there's, lot of history. There. But there's no blood feud between yeah. them. Yeah, yeah there, there's no blood feud between them like there is between the, the Italianos, Italianos and the Capulets. Capulets. Yeah. This is just like this is like a, a merchant deal trade sort of thing. It's like they just want to be higher in the totem pole. Um, this is a little lesser known family. They they don't really have a lot of influence, but they they really want to grab their teeth. And uh, this is the uh, I'm so sorry. I'm trying to pronounce it, but as you know, Italian's a little bit hard to say so that people can understand <laughs> it through the microphone. Take your, take your time. Take yeah. your time. This is the the pepperona. The pepperona. The, the pepperona family. Yeah, Who the what, who's the, who's the noble? Uh, what's the which which pepperona is? Uh, this is Lord Pepperona. Lord Pepper. Lord, Lord Pepperona. Pepperona. It's the head of the pepperona family. It's the head of the pepperona. And he wants to marry his uh, his daughter. How old is Juliet? 
Uh, Juliet in this race, she's, she's rather young. She's 16. Okay. 16, yeah. 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 yeah, that's pretty young. I mean, but in for the us, that's young. For, for that's them, young. that's yeah. Mary. In, in the four, yeah, in the 1400s, <laughs> like, that is. You're already almost half. Honestly, the yeah, they're like they're like you're a little too old for us. Yeah, you're you're ready to you know have a household. But you know that's the times, and we won't, we why, won't comment on. Why that. does why does and why does uh, the head of the Capulet family not want uh, Lord Pepper? He doesn't want it. Does does he not want her marrying into a? Rive like the, who so else is she going to marry if it's if it's technically be... Juliet is because you know they've had losses in the Capulet family. She is the one she will inherit the household. Uh... She is the because she, she is now the eldest. There there were some it was briefly mentioned at the start. There were some deaths yeah. in the Capulet family, gotcha. possibly due to the blood feud with the uh, uh, Italianos when they're fighting every day. <laughs> yeah, they pretty much are, and they, she's now the oldest one. And if she does get married off, that does give the Pepperones a right to the Capulet household. Yeah. They would they would then integrate them into their. It would become the Pepperone household. family, not yeah. the Capulet. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. That makes which sense. is which is very dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, so we know that he's throwing a party, this big this big ball, mm-hmm. um, and he's doing this because he you would think it's like oh it would be an instance to like show their wealth and you know why you'd want to marry your daughter, but it's really so he can bring a bunch of people so um, that noblemen can like find a different person to marry yeah. instead of his daughter well, because it sends a ball a lot of other houses yeah, are going to be invited a ton of people are going to be invited mm-hmm. so in fact when romeo uh after the brawl uh romeo and his cousin um are out on the streets they are mistakenly invited to this party since the person who is you know sending out the invitations does not know that they are italianos um so tell us romeo is reluctant to go to the party tell us why and how his cousin convinces him to go so at first, I mean, of course he's reluctant to go. That's like walking straight into enemy territory. Yeah. When when you're out on the streets with your whole family, you're ready for a brawl. You can defend yourself. That would be like walking into the lion's den. It's dangerous. But his cousin says, well, I mean, you'd kind of be a little bitch if you didn't. <laughs> Think about it. You just got an in to get in there. I mean, they can't really kill you in their own house. Like, that would be terrible. That would cause a massive scandal if they right. did that. They're like... Honestly, you'd be safer going into that house and yeah. doing what you want. They wouldn't dare touch them there. Yeah, they wouldn't touch them there because then it'd be like, oh, we're spilling blood on our own cobblestones. Yeah. That would be, I mean, as you know, the Italian culture, very steeped in religious belief, specifically Christianity, you would not murder someone in your own home. Yeah, it makes sense. You do that in the streets. But also, like, it's also a party. It's a, it's a party. Yeah. And I mean, even if somebody was mistakenly invited, guess what? They were still invited. Yeah. And and the party was, it's meant to bring a ton of people in. It's not like they were, they were invited because they were inviting pretty much every person that looked like nobility on the street. Yeah. If you, if you were wearing nice enough clothes, you got an yeah, invitation. If you weren't a peasant. And also again, like a party like this, it's, it's hundreds of people, not, not like 10 people sitting not, in a room. Yeah, no, it's, it's yeah. not, it's not your typical like drawing room Sunday yeah, tea. Yeah. Yeah. These people are rich. Yeah. This is essentially the, a rave of the 1400s. Yeah. Everyone's invited. <laughs> Just you want to wanna go to our rival gang's rave? <laughs> essentially. Yeah. If this was written in modern times, that's what it would be. Know, Come to my house party. Hey, some of those modern interpretations you know they are getting wild now, let, let's take a, a quick break there to talk about what are some modern interpretations because there are some out there what is what are some modern interpretations and what are some of the most famous ones well i mean I, this is not a famous one but my high school did its own interpretation okay. of Roman oh really yeah we did it all um normally but for some reason uh they decided that everyone should be wielding katanas made out of are you uh, plastic are you serious uh yes i'm being very serious right now and as a, <laughs> you know a shakespearean scholar really hurt my bones Wait, to see so, that kind of interpretation so I'm, I'm almost scared to ask was anything else set nope. in japan okay <laughs> for some reason and i don't know if this was a problem when they were ordering these fight swords they came as these weird like plexiglass almost katanas i don't know why they ordered them like that but we rolled with it so was the rest of it dressed traditionally everything else was traditional wow. now every single other thing that version of history now that is an adaptation what are like it's like there are stories that it's not called romeo and juliet but it's definitely the story of romeo and juliet. there's a real famous one yes of course uh the godfather the god yeah the god <laughs> which which part 
Uh, every part. The every part of thing. it. It's practically a one-to-one -one translation. Whole, the whole thing was uh, Romeo and Juliet. It was Romeo and Juliet, yeah. Oh, fantastic. That's crazy. <laughs> All right. Well, th thank you for, for letting us know that. Of course. I, I, li I like to give our viewers a little peek into my, my well, life and little, my history. And a little yeah, trivia as well. we got to the west yeah. side of the story. All right, so hours before the... <laughs> I don't know why you bring up the west side of our town. That hours. Been, but, I mean, that's all right. <laughs> hours before the party, Julia and her mother talk about getting married, particular to this nobleman. How does Juliet feel about getting married to him and just marriage in general? Uh, Juliet, uh, to put it lightly, fucking hates the idea. Of marriage or marriage Of to this marriage woman? entirely. Wow, why? She doesn't want to be married because... Uh, uh, she is the eldest daughter of the Capulet family now. I mean, if you think about it, you're more of like a political pawn at that point than yeah. you are a daughter. Wow. Like, you're, I mean, think about it. All her her father is thinking about, Lord Capulet is thinking about, is having her married off to a different person to not be married off to this person. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, that's all she's being played for right now. She's not being treated as a daughter. She's being yeah. treated as a political and, piece. And fortunately for her, her father doesn't want her to be married to Lord Pepperone. That's true. She um, does what, not want to be married. What are, what are her feelings on Lord Pepperone? Uh, Lord Pepperone, kind of a sleazeball. Kind of a scummy yeah. guy. Yeah. I mean, think about it. He he just wants to marry her just so that he can get an in with the Capulet family. That's fair. That's all he wants. He does not care anything about... He doesn't even know Juliet's favorite color. What is Juliet's Green. favorite color? <laughs> <laughs> Man, that was so quick. Your knowledge on Shakespearean details. It's It frightens me sometimes. Yeah, it's incredible. All right. So, we get to the ball, the, the, the party that night. And it's a roaring good time. And up to this point, we have talked about Romeo and Juliet separately, but not as a unit. And as we know, the story is called Romeo and Juliet. It's true. There has Together. been no love. None. There has been no romance. None. So we arrive at what we have truly been waiting for. The party where Cupid's arrows fall. First, Nick, paint a quick picture of this fabulous party. Fabulous party. I mean, there's there's people dancing. There's servers serving drinks. I mean, everybody's dressed to the nines. People are moving. People are shaking. People are talking. I mean, th you know, it it's borderline. I, you you know when a party gets absolutely wild. There there's people that are in the corner about to start a brawl. There's other people declaring that you're my brother. I would die for you. That's and in the other corner, completely going against that <laughs> and beating the hell out of one another. I mean. And drinking, eating, it is a blast. And let me tell you what, if this was outside, it'd be in the eyes of God. But in here, this is the house. <laughs> Since we're in the house. And we're in the house. God can't see God us. God can't so see can us. The fri friar isn't allowed in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, no holy man's allowed. Yeah, no holy men are allowed to enter pure, a party like this. Pure debauchery. No, pure debauchery. Okay, so Romeo and some other Italianos from the family arrive at the party, but they are not recognized because they are wearing fancy party masks, mm -hmm. something that used to happen quite often back then. Yes. Uh, possibly avoiding any conflict with the Capulets. It also, they, there's there's a few reasons for that. So they have the masks on to avoid, you know, recognition. Right. Also to avoid um, any, any real brawls kicking out from real world, like, uh, connections. And also... So that neither God nor the devil can recognize them. <laughs> As um, you know, with a mask, unrecognizable. Unrecognizable. Um, of course, when they do arrive... Oh, sorry. Um, Romeo does not want to go inside the house, but is eventually forced to. Yes. And of course, when he does, he goes inside, and who does he see? Well, first, he sees the most beautiful person he's ever seen in his entire life. And who is that? Well, as we know, that is Juliet. But Romeo does not know this. He doesn't know who that is. Romeo just sees the most beautiful person and the most beautiful dress and the most beautiful mask. And he doesn't know what family she belongs no, to. No idea. There's a ton of family He here. just sees beautiful lady. Yeah, he just sees, wow, that's an angel. Shakespeare uses beautiful language, and we haven't really talked about that up until this point. And in fact, I think some of the most beautiful love language comes from Romeo and Juliet, what are some lines, some Shakespearean lines that Romeo uses to describe Juliet when he first looks at her? That Romeo is seeing for the first time ever an angel descending. Say you Can know you, the, the you know the we, quote. We, we've you know the line. Yes, you, you, I, yes, you know I the know. show backwards and forwards. What it, quote Romeo here? Yeah. Okay. So quoting Romeo. And today was the day, the first time ever, the first time. <laughs> That I would ever see beauty, wholeness formed for me, and an angel who fell right here in front of me. 
God. That was perfect, iambic pentameter. Yeah, it yeah, was. That, was the, that was that was excellent. Hey, would you mind explaining iambic pentameter for yeah, us? Yeah, no, so, we. Uh, I don't think we need to go. Are you into sure? That. I was just going to do a quick thing. Essentially, it's the it's the rhythmic sequence that Shakespeare right. writes. And, and what yeah. Nick just did, that was perfect. It was perfect. All, iambic all pentameter. you need to know, listener, is iambic pentameter. You can the show is in verse. Use those terms to sound really smart. Yeah. You know, wherever you are. It's true. So, does Romeo, after seeing her, does he approach her? Of course. What I mean, he's had a few drinks in him. He's feeling a little confident. He's, he's got some liquid courage. Liquid what does he courage. say to her when he sees her? Uh, well, at first, you know, as any teenage boy, he he his first words, he completely stumbles over them. He's like, uh, 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 but, and then finally, you know, that liquid courage finally kicks in, and he says, and they have this dance. Oh, they're dancing. Yeah. Well, I mean, they've been dancing everywhere in this party. Right, but now they're dancing. But now, dancing yeah, there, there's a big dance that's about to happen. And so everybody's trying to find a partner. And, I mean, people are practically arguing over this woman, but Romeo's the first person to actually just straight up go up and be like, hey, do you want to dance? Oh. Like Asking her, rather than being like, hey, I'm going to fight this guy that's also trying to do it. And she wants to. Yeah, and she's like, well, you're the first guy that's ever, like, approached and just asked. That's cool. Not saying, like, hey, come dance with me. Will you dance with yeah. me? Yeah. It's, it's, does anyone notice Romeo at all? Does he get through this pretty sneakily? He gets through it pretty sneakily. There's a few people that are like, as well, soon as you start speaking, they're like, hold on. Yeah. That kind of might sound like an Italiano. But I mean, they're drunk. Yeah. And he's wearing a mask. Yeah. He's wearing a mask. Yeah. 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 Does he take it off when he sees Juliet? No, he doesn't. No, Not he keeps yet. Keeps it on. Smart, right. smart dude. What, yeah, is, smart. what, is, what does Juliet think of Romeo? Uh, thinks, ooh, kind of suave. Interesting. I don't know how to feel about him yet. She's, of course, very cautious because, as she knows from everybody around here, it's like, what's the political play? What are you aiming at? Yeah. Like, she thinks that people obviously would know her. Everyone has an ulterior motive. Yep, everyone has an ulterior motive. But she thinks everyone is out for, you know, just for her hand for the political prowess of getting in with the Capulets. But Romeo doesn't know that. He doesn't know that right now. He just wants to dance with her. All right, so they do it. They they dance. They, they do dance. a dance. Um, Romeo gets pulled away by his family, and, and Juliet gets pulled away by hers. And um, her handmaiden sees who she was dancing with, mm-hmm. and she recognizes Romeo yes, and says, "You were dancing with an Italiano." What? How does Juliet re- react when she finds out that uh, finds out who he was? Juliet's a little angry. She's like, wow. "I was dancing." An Italiano? My hands touching an Italiano that aren't balled up into fists? I was holding him tenderly? And, you know, this this spark of anger eventually turns into a, a spark of confusion in her mind. She's like, well, wait, I, I enjoyed that. I'm not supposed to enjoy that. That's an Italiano. We have a few that runs through the ages with them. I mean, they can trace their family lineage for hundreds of years, and every every portrait they've had of their family is practically bloody knuckles after a fight fighting them. <laughs> so she's thinking for the first time maybe... My feelings for someone can overcome generational hate. Yeah, Yeah. generational hate. They're like, well, if he felt that way, like, I mean, there was a spark during that dance. Maybe, maybe this is it. Maybe this is it. She's like, that's my real purpose. It's not to be a political pawn just for my family, but to end this blood feud, maybe. Wow. That's lasted hundreds of years. That's incredible. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. Studios are like, yes, it is. All right, so we move on mm-hmm. to what might be one of the most iconic moments to happen, probably honestly in theater in theater history, but also in this play. In the history of love stories. And that is the balcony scene. Yep. Where Romeo meets Juliet in the garden under her bedroom. So, so to give a little context, the party has ended. Yes. Juliet goes back to her room. Mm-hmm. Um, outside, Romeo has to meet her again. Has to see her. Mm-hmm. He is he is struck. Yeah, he's struck. He's in, he's in love. Mm-hmm. Um, is Juliet in love? Do we know if Juliet feels? Is it the same feelings? Same so requiring. I would love? say yes. Juliet is having those same feelings, but there is also that spark in her mind, in that little that little creeping voice that's like, "What if he just wants me as a political pawn? What if he wants oh. me not for me?" But for what I represent. She's on, she's on guard. She's on guard. She's yeah. on guard. So we get to the balcony scene where Romeo, he's underneath the balcony in the garden uh, beneath her bedroom. Nick, why is this scene so iconic? Well, because he's trying to, you know, get her attention. I mean, he's like two floors down. 
she's up on a balcony. balcony. There was just a party. Like, people are around in the city. Yeah. So, you know, there's ambient noise. And this was, as you know, the invention, the time before the invention of, you know, the, the jukebox and other stereo <laughs> equipment. Right. So you can't just hold up and play a song for her. I mean, he's got to just call her down. And that's what he does. And so he starts speaking love lines to her? He does start speaking love lines wow. to, her, yeah. to what, her. What are some of the most notable things that he says? Well, first, you know, he's he's playing a little coy. He and we want, and like, we want exact quotes yeah. here yeah, because, because the, listener, the listener is going to need to I quote. They need to quote Shakespeare <laughs> to sound like they know that they've read yeah. the play. Yeah. So it starts out with yeah, Romeo enters, enters scene. Right. Continue. Juliet, Juliet, wherefore art thou Juliet? <laughs> He starts off like that. I mean, he. It's also. It's also a little coy. It's a little fun. He already knows where Juliet's balcony is. He but doesn't, doesn't need to say it, that. Is she out on the balcony? Uh, no, she's not on the okay, balcony yet. She's in her room. room. She's you know at her at her like uh, desk area. Like she's sitting over there. Oh my gosh. And she's like, oh, oh. He's calling for me, my my mysterious lover. I'll go see what that's about. Okay. She and she goes over to the balcony. She's like, Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou, Romeo? Oh, okay. Yeah. This is like, is she mocking him? Oh, it's a little. It's it's you know, it's a bit of fun mockery. It's like you know, I live here. Come on, man. Just like get to the point, sort of deal. You know, it's a, it's a little fun. Okay. They're having a little fun. Okay. Well, other other notable lines because Romeo is, I mean, his name. He's a romantic. Yeah. He's a romantic. He's a Romeo romantic. Italiano. What I mean, are some romantic things that he says the most there? Famous... He has to woo her. Remember, Juliet has to fall in. This is this is not a story of unrequited love. This is a story of requited. Of love. Yeah, requited it's not a story love. about people liking each other. They're in love. They're in they love. are the most love. famous love scene ever. What yeah. are what are just the most dreamy lines? What are these fireballs that Romeo says? Yeah, I'll I'll give a few of them. I mean, because it's long. I mean, this scene goes on for quite some time. Like so minutes. I'm just gonna get yeah, pretty much. It's like 10, 15 minutes. Some stage interpretations have this going up to forty five minutes. Oh, wow. uh, but we won't we won't do that here. <laughs> So some a few of those lines is, Oh Juliet, oh Juliet, your eyes like the moon, greater than any star in my sky. And they go back and forth with that a little bit of things like that. Um, but there's a really famous line, and it's been worked into a few different works and in a lot of different songs. As you know, this takes place in Italy. When the moon hits your eye <laughs> like a big pizza pie, that's amore. And being Italian, both of them. I mean, that is that just hits wow. home. That hits home. Wow. Did Shakespeare those are original lines? From Shakespeare. Wow, I didn't know that. Incredible. I didn't know yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's wild. Did you guys legitimately not know that? I, I mean, didn't just doing this for the pod. I thought that was just translation. I didn't know Oh no no no. I legit. didn't I didn't know he originated those lines. Oh yeah. I thought that... those were like old folktale lines. Yeah. Oh no no no. I mean, that's Shakespeare. Wow. That's the heart of Shakespeare right so there. So Shakespeare is really the one who gave a lot of the Italians their identity. I would say English. an Englishman, an Englishman. <laughs> gave the Italians who they are. We've today. won over none of the Italian listener. Those, I would say those are the, their two big inspirations for all of Italy. Shakespeare, Christianity. <laughs> Roman Christianity. Yeah, yeah. Specifically yeah. Roman Christianity. Sorry, I don't mean to offend any of our Italian listeners. Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, so in Shakespearean style, uh, Juliet has to return a monologue of herself briefly to Romeo while she's on the balcony. So what, first of all, what is she thinking of the night's events? Um, so far, like what, what does she think of Romeo's dreamy lines? So that guard she had, that little whispering voice in her head has been blasted away by these beautiful words. She is full on falling into her feelings now. She is like, okay, I was on guard. I do love this man. This this guy, he's got something. And and what are those lines of the way she expresses her love yeah. to him? And she right goes on the balcony. Yeah, uh, Romeo, oh Romeo, my eyes only for you, yo. As you know, that's iambic pentameter. It rhymes. It rhymes only for you, yo. Other other famous lines include Romeo, oh Romeo. Do they hold on? Do they start? They all start with I, Romeo. I, I, Sorry, forgive me. I haven't read. I haven't read this in a you know in a, in a little bit. Um, 
do, do when they speak to each other does every line start with the saying of their name twice romeo oh romeo and juliet oh juliet oh specifically only for this scene this oh, is why this is uh, so a lot of a lot of a lot of productions of this do cut that out because as you know it's adding a lot of time to it i mean if they're doing this before every line yeah. you could see why some interpretations take up to 45 minutes yeah. for the scene oh my god yeah you're right yeah, yeah. They go back and forth, and, and it's one of the most, it's one of the best scenes in theater. One of the best you know, scenes, best scenes ever written. Actually, I would say probably one of the best scenes in any piece of written media. All right, sorry, I cut you off. Continue, continue. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah continue. Uh, thank you so much, though. Oh, Romeo, oh, Romeo, my heart burns for you. In that dance that we had, there was none other like it. <laughs> I dance only for you, my Romeo, my Romeo, my beautiful Italiano. It's poetry. It's, it's, well, it's, it's I am a pantano. I think I have tears yeah. in my eyes. Uh, from yeah. how beautiful it is. Yeah. I've seen Justin cry about four times in my life, and yeah. I'm really proud and of this one. Is it. Because yeah, you, when, you, when, you really quote, when you really quote Shakespeare, it gets to me, man. I know. <laughs> it really gets That's to really me. That's really just what binds us together. Okay, wow. so they're madly in love. Madly They've in love. exchanged... They've exchanged beautiful words that we have heard. Mm-hmm. And here in this garden, I mean, love is is a powerful drug. They make a plan. What plan is that? Their plan is, so they, they, they have a few at first. Like this this scene is like going through, they're, they're discussing their plan back and forth. They discuss, what if we just run away together? Yeah. What do you do when you're madly in love? Yeah. They're just like, we'll just run away together. But I mean, that And run away some, and do what? And just live a new life. They're not going to, they don't want to get married. Oh, well, of course they want to get married, but of course the the, the end goal is that they want to run away together. Wait, and what, what they're, they're like, let's, let's try and figure out a way that we can get married. Yeah. And what's the, what would be the issue with that? Well, the issue is, is the blood feud. Exactly. Yeah. They can't, I mean, if they, if they had a marriage together, I mean, and when they invite both the families there, I mean, it'd be a bloody brawl. There'd be nobody left of either well, family. Yeah, yeah. And you said yourself, it's very political and it's very religious. You know, they're, they're, they're rooted in their Christianity and all that stuff. They have to get it officiated. Exactly. That's the hard part when everyone's so yeah. politically motivated. Politically motivated, but as you but know. There's well, someone... well, well before, we get, before we get there, mm-hmm. before we get, we'll get there in just a second. What is the plan to do that? Like, how are they going to run away with no one knowing and no one getting upset? With no one getting upset. So they are going to go to... Somebody that we mentioned earlier in this story. If they get married or blessed in the light of God in this country that loves Catholicism, they love Jesus. Right. If they get married in the light of Jesus, well, by golly, neither of the families can be mad. That's right. They can't be mad if they're both bound under God. And if you remember a little French friar boy. And what's uh, his name? Friar. Jean, 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 Jean Mou. Jean Mou. Yeah, yeah sorry, I, I, had a, I had a little something in my throat. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I understand. Jean Mou. Now, of course, falling in love so quickly, Juliet is still on guard. Yes, so of course. they they believe that they can probably go to the friar, friar Jean Mou, to get married and then maybe run off together, maybe even get his advice. Yeah. But Juliet still wants to be at least a little cautious. Mm-hmm. And she says, how about we go away for the evening? We, uh, Juliet says, I will send a messenger. Let's, let's sleep on this. Yes. If course. we're maybe in case we're just not, we're, we're just not feeling, you know, really good right now. We've had some alcohol in us. Let's wake up the next morning. If we both still feel the same, I will send a messenger to see how you feel. And then we'll move forward from there. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's a great place for us to take a break and we'll be back to see how this plan works out. We want to thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any suggestions on which books you would like us to cover, have any complaints, comments, or hot takes on our podcast, or if you simply want to say hi, you can find us on Twitter at no need to read pod, or you can email us at no need to read podcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and back to the show. All right, so in the next scene, um, we see Romeo go to the friar because he needs to talk to the friar about their their plan and (laughs) maybe some advice on what they're going to do. 
now we've gone just a little bit into the friar let's get a more detailed description of him and other than him being french why is he so unique very portly portly very portly that's unique yeah why oh as you know many men of god you know they they go through fasting other things meditation things like that they're usually quite like wiry people sometimes he's he's a large tall man He's a beast of him. Oh, he's large and tall. He's large and tall. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's like six foot six. So he could easily this brawl that was happening earlier. He probably yeah. just could. So there's two reasons. He doesn't realize it, but they're actually just terrified of him. He's like, they're listening to me because I'm a man of God, and they're like, no, we're listening to you because you're terrified. We're listening to you because you're the wrath of God. Yeah, because in a bare knuckle brawl that they're having, if they didn't have any weapons on them, he, I mean, he's like Andre the Giant. He puts his yeah, hand, over, hand face. over somebody's face. <laughs> Okay, what what else is unique about him? Uh, that he's French. Oh, okay. He's a French friar in French friar. Okay. He's a French friar. So when he goes to see the friar, um, what does Romeo tell him? Romeo says, pretty much, I am in deep love with Juliet, but this is a problem. Like, she's a Capulet. I'm an Italiano. How can we make this work? Like, I, I love her with all of my heart. Like, this is the first time this has ever happened. It's true, passionate love. And the fire is like, that's great. You two do love each other. Like, I, I can see it, at least on your half, that you are definitely very much so in love with this woman. There is a blood feud between your families. So, you know, that's a little, little wacky. Kind of got to work through that. And so he starts getting some ideas about what he can do. And he comes up with this idea. He's like, okay, we're going to do this whole thing. We're going to make it look like deaths have happened. You know, we're going to fake some deaths. We're going to start this war. Like we're, we're going to, we're going to start some conflict that's going to end with the conflict completely subsiding. Oh my God. So they're going to fake, does he give him like the full details of this plan? Or he's like, I'm going to work on it for a little bit. He, he he gives him part of the details, but he's like, I got to work out the rest with, with everyone else. Like with Juliet. So you, you go out and carry this part of the plan out. Like, okay. all right, you which get is, that done, which is pretty much just get started, like, with the Italianos. Like, don't tell them what's happening. Do not tell them you were here tonight. Not tell them anything about that. But I'm going to give you some things to say, like, about the Capulets and other things. And we're going to meet and discuss it. I'm so sorry. Obi's, Obi's chewing a bone. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to give you some things to do about it. You're going to go do those. You're going to talk to your family. Kind of, it's going to start some shit, but trust me, at the end of this, is all going to be fine. And he's like, you know what? You're a man of God. I trust you. Okay. Okay. So Romeo goes out. He leaves the friar. He goes back to his friends, his family and friends who are in the streets. And he's in such a good mood because he's just fallen in love that they actually think he had sex. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> after the party. And um, so this is this is the next morning, actually. Yes. Like he, this wasn't like the night of. He does go to sleep. He goes to the fryer. And then he goes back to his friends. And, and they the, haven't seen him since the party as well. Right. Yeah. So they think like he's been fucking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Why are you so happy? You must have had sex. Oh, man. This guy got laid. <laughs> Because, I mean, oh, him and the rest of his friends and his family, I mean, they're hung over from the party. I mean, he's got a spring in his steps. They're like, yeah, boy, boy got some extra energy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So uh, they're kind of teasing him. They're making fun of him. Like, oh, you got laid last night. When uh, the messenger from Juliet comes, it's her handmaiden, uh, and comes up and asks Romeo if he is still in love. He says, yes. And not only that, um, I have concocted a plan to get married in secret. Does he tell her the plan? He he tells her the the basics. The, the basics. Yeah, the basics. Like, happen. hey, we're gonna we're gonna do this. I okay. I don't know exactly how it's gonna go, but you need to be prepared for anything. Okay, so eventually these plans get worked out. Yes. Tell us in detail these plans, how it's gonna go, and how they map it out. All right. So here's the full plan. All right. Step so, by step. Step by step. Step by step. So the steps are gonna be. What's going to happen is uh, Juliet is going to disappear for like a day or two. And Romeo is going to disappear for like a day or two. However, Romeo is going to come back. And Romeo is going to be like, hey, some crazy shit has happened. We need to go like talk to the Capulets. And this all plans on. So this there's another little thing that's happening. The friar hates 
the other family. Oh my well. god! So the friar is not impartial. No, the friar is not impartial. Oh my god! So who, which family does it? He hates the Capulets. No, no, not the Capulets. The other lesser noble. Oh, oh, oh the uh, the Pepperinos. So he's yeah. he's the partial. Pepperinos. He's yeah. He's partial to the Montagues and Capulets. Yes. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. Who are the Montagues? Oh, the, oh no, that's the other family, the Italianos. Yeah, the Italianos. Yeah, I don't. Montague is not an Italian name, so I don't know why you. <laughs> It's probably a French name. Yeah, actually, okay, sorry. You might be getting confused with some of the French houses they bring up a few times. <laughs> for a moment, for a moment, the Shakespearean people that we know were like, yeah, oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, because they got excited that you would know that little bit of Yeah, war, I know that, like, yeah. 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 But you place it in the wrong but it's, but it's the Pepperinos. It's probably, it's probably a historical name that he thought about using, but doesn't really fit into the Italian <laughs> It doesn't line. really fit into the Italian ways. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so he's so he's partial between the Italianos and the Capulets. Yeah, he's like I I've you know I've lived with these families like our our line of like priests and friars have been with the Italianos and the Capulets for years, okay. centuries at this point. Yeah, but the so, Pepperinos, I mean, they are also <laughs> something that he knows. They don't go to church every Sunday. The Pepperinos don't go to church they don't go to every Sunday because they're too busy trying to trying to get that grind. They want that money. They wake up and make that bread. Yeah, literally, <laughs> they're making bread for the pizza. Oh, the Pepperinos are ah, oh, gotcha. They're yeah. bread makers. They're bread makers. Well, pizza. Makers. So, so the plan is is that Romeo is going to disappear for a few days. Yes, he's going to disappear for a few. days. How does that work if they're going to get married? So, well, I'm not done yet. Okay, uh, well. and he's going to essentially be like, "Hey, the Pepperinos, they captured me." And they captured Juliet. I escaped. We need to go get revenge on them. I mean, they attacked our house. They're gonna they're gonna go they're gonna fake a kidnapping so that the two families can go together and mm-hmm. <laughs> kill and, another family? Yeah, but that's that's part one of the plan. Part two, reveal, hey, we're already married. Like it happened there. That's crazy. And then the final part of the plan is then, so they fake the kidnapping. Now they will have this reconciliation, but there's still going to be heat between them. I mean, this blood feud has gone on for years. So, but now they've, they've opened up the floodgates. They're going to fake their deaths. Ah. But that's the other part. Neither of them know, neither Romeo nor Juliet, this final part of the plan. Oh, no. The friar is like, I, I can't let that part go. If, because if that gets leaked out, I mean, this whole, all of Venice is in chaos. The friar's kind of wild. Friar's wilding out. <laughs> okay, okay, so, so, so they're, they're both gonna, like, they're both gonna disappear. Yes. Let me just get this straight. They're both gonna disappear. Yeah, it's gonna throw both the houses into chaos. It's gonna both throw both of the houses into chaos. And the plan is, is that they're gonna say, what, what is the reasoning that this third house is going to kidnap these, one person from the other family? Uh, so the, they are capturing both of them. And when Romeo gets back, the whole story is going to be they captured both of them so they could send fake messengers to both of these families saying, hey, the Capulets have the Italiano son. And then to the Capulets, the Italianos have the Capulets' daughter. Oh. They're going to fake it so they destroy each other's houses and the Pepperinos can oh, pick up the pieces. Gotcha. Okay. Man, Pepperinos. Wow. Man, Friar Lawrence is like, you would think that he is like not a holy man. Yeah. Like, he yeah is, no. this Friar is, Lawrence has seen war. This is <laughs> <laughs> nearly. So Some I would love, say devious. I love the idea that Friar Lawrence says we have to destroy uh, one sorry, house. Who's, Friar oh my gosh that's the other that's his that's the guy he goes and gets yeah, yeah. when he wants to send a yeah a when he message. wants to send a message yeah. that yeah. comes later when he needs to send a message no friar what's his name jomu jomu friar jomu friar jomu uh friar jomu um sorry yeah i really i haven't read it in a while and it's okay yeah, but I I, i'm gonna be honest I read like the Spark Notes, oh, and, okay. I probably, and I probably just caught certain. Hey, well, you know what? That's the reason we're here. Is we want to be better than Spark Notes. That's right. We're better. We're more we're, effective we're, than. Spark. We're more effective. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say better. More effective. Yeah, we're, 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 we're getting there. We're yeah. getting there. We're, that's the reason we exist. We're helping our fellow. We're more potent. You know, yeah. Than, yeah. Than, yeah. Yeah. We're more entertaining. Yeah. Too, you don't have to read. That's the thing. No, no need, need to no read. Need to read. You just listen. Spark, you don't have to read Spark Notes even. Anyway, so the friar, the friar is saying that one house has to die for the other two to live in peace. Exactly. All right. Jesus Christ. So 
does he tell Romeo and Juliet? He doesn't tell them about the third part of the plan, but he tells them about the other two parts. Of the yeah, plan. he's All like right. the kidnapping part, and then you're both gonna meet up here with me. Does does this plan work? So the first part of the plan does okay. works marvelously. How do they do it? How so they they, they, they do the whole fake kidnapping thing. He comes back. He uh, talks to them. He get they get both the houses riled up. They go. They storm uh, the the Pepperino stronghold, and I mean some theaters get it right so they actually do the action oh they do the action i mean it's a siege like they they march and they go and they absolutely decimate the pepperinos and i mean completely destroyed the pepperinos when i say absolutely devastate them wow yeah so much so much action and conflict yeah a lot of action a lot of conflict i mean people say if this was a film it would have been the first action movie Really? Action romance, really? Mm-hmm. really? <laughs> is that, is action romance. You know, that's not a that's not a genre we actually see. To there's dramedy, which is a common mm-hmm. dramedy, and there's, there's obviously romantic like romantic comedies, romantic comedies, but not action romance. Yeah, yeah, we need more of those. We do. So but why not just make so Romeo what? And Juliet again? So you said the first part works. Yes. What about the other parts? Okay, so after they they reconvene. Like because they they both stormed the the stronghold of the Pepperinos. Okay. Uh, the Pepperinos are all lying dead on the ground. All dead. Yeah, they they find Juliet. She's there. She's been placed by the friar. They snuck her in. Um, and they're like, oh, thank God you're safe. And I mean, they're about to turn on each other when both Juliet and Romeo go to stop their families. They're like, no, no, you can't. Juliet helped me escape so I could find you guys. And Juliet was like. He was the only one that could come out and save us. Like, he was the one that let everybody mm-hmm. know. And so they're about to, like, swing their swords and attack. And they both, like, stop both the lords of both houses. And they're like, well, I guess this is, we will we will spare each other this time. No war today. And that kind of sows the seeds in their minds of, like, well, I mean, if this can happen, maybe we can know Maybe peace. we can have peace. If maybe we, we stop fighting peace. here. Yeah. It's kind of that whole idea is, like, we... we if we finally bury this hatchet, we can really be the two great houses of Venice. We can control pretty much all of Italy from here. But what goes wrong? You say, if only it worked out that yeah, way. Yeah, only so, it worked out that way. This is a tragedy after all. This is yeah. a tragedy after all. It is all. a tragedy. So they go back home. And this is where the second part of the friar's plan comes in. Well, technically the third, I guess. <laughs> this friar. Uh, this friar, who's amazing. <laughs> French friar. And... um. Romeo goes there, but Juliet makes it there first to the friar. And he's, she's like, okay, what's the next part of the plan? And she's like, I need you to take this, this poison. And she's like, hold up, what poison? Are you, you're straight up fucking with me right now, right? You're not going to make me drink fucking poison. She moves like, and, why not? Yeah, and she like, this is part of the plan. This is part of the plan. The, and he's like, okay, hold up. I'm, I'm being serious with you here. I, being a friar, I know medicine. I know medicinal herbs. This will make everybody think you're dead. That's the important part. I will come back. You'll have another little sippy. And you'll be fine. And she's like, okay, I love Romeo so much that I'm willing to do this. Because he trusts you. Our family trusts you. I'll do it. I don't know if you're actually going to kill me. That'd be kind of fucked up. I'll drink it. So she does. But here's where the plan falls apart. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> the plan falls apart because what comes in is supposed to be they'll find both of them dead. Both Romeo and Juliet dead there. What happens first is that a member of the Capulet household followed Juliet there. Oh. And so he sees, he calls him out. He's like, Friar, what the fuck did you just do? <laughs> To Juliet, the <laughs> eldest daughter of our house. And he's like, he can't let the plan be known. He's like, I, I, you know, I, I was, she's fine. She's fine. Obviously she's not. She looks completely dead. <laughs> Goes over, feels the body. He's like, oh my God, you've killed uh, my, my like family. You've killed a member of my family. So they take him in for questioning. And they <laughs> take him in. They're like, you, you need to go answer your fucking crimes. And oh he's like, no, God. wait, I have to be here. I have to be here. And where's they, Romeo during all this? Romeo is making his way there. He got oh, held no! up. He got held up. He got held up. So he comes in there, and he he sees it. After this point, they've they've dragged the friar away. He comes in. He just sees Juliet 
laying there on the ground, empty vial in a hand. <laughs> dead. Dead. He goes up. He tests. He like goes to the pulse, tries to see anything, tries to see if she's breathing, feel her breath. And, nothing. And, and what are some of the famous lines he says when he first sees her? Because if 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 he sees her and he says such beautiful language when she's when he living. falls in love with her and she's living, what does he say when he sees her? Yeah, dead? what's the famous line? What's the famous line? He comes in and he says, "Juliet, my dearest, fairest Juliet, <laughs> how could this happen to the love of my life?" The flower of the moon, the most beautiful whoever did swoon, for a fire like yours to go out like this, I take my life. Now this is this. How does he kill himself if he takes his own life? So he goes, and he goes to take the poison. But she's drank it all. Yeah, there's none left. There's none left, so he tries to get out just a little bit. Maybe that'll be enough, Uh but it's not. Yeah? It's not enough. But then... He sees no, no. the other vial that was left by the friar. He's yeah. like, she had two vials. Yeah. He goes to take this. Now, normally, this would be fine if it was given to Juliet. Right. See, both of the poisons counteract each other. Oh. However, this one, if you were to take it without taking the first one, would you, you, actually you kill you. So he drinks that. Okay. And he falls down. And he actually dies. He actually dies. Yes. He dies right there. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a little thing about the friar. The friar is a very big man. He's a big guy. And these are very, very small potions. He actually did not do Juliet's correctly. So she's supposed to only wake up when given the antidote. However, he makes this one a little wrong. She actually wakes up about an hour and a half later. <laughs> Whoa! She, she wakes up and she's I like, love, "This friar's inept." No, hold yeah. I also love that the member of the Capulet family took the friar away, but no one was sent to come get the to body. Get the body, the <laughs> body. Yeah. And the evidence. Well, you know, and we don't, don't mess with that. the scene. This is also a play. Don't we mess don't with yeah, 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 yeah. They don't have time for all of that. Dramatic bullshit. Yeah, dramatic, dramatic bullshit. We know about. We're actors. We know this. But yeah. So Juliet wakes up an hour and a half later. An hour and a half later, and she's like, "What?" What's going on? Where is the friar? Where is my love? Turns, sees Romeo laying dead on the ground. She goes, um, that's not part of the plan. I don't think that's part of the plan. The friar isn't here. And so she, she goes up and tests him and he's like, okay, why? He's dead, dead. Well, how how does she know he's dead, dead? It caused him to have internal hemorrhaging. <laughs> oh my god! He, he's, he's bled out of the mouth. He's bled out Jesus of his eyes. Jesus Christ! She wakes up to just like bloody Romeo. Yeah, bloody Romeo on the ground, which is that's horrifying. Horrifying. Yeah, this takes that's a very amazing. dark turn. Good, good special effects when they did this back in you know. Oh yeah, well they would actually for well, every performance they had one yeah, Romeo. Yeah. <laughs> they had one Romeo. Oh, they actually killed the they Romeo. Killed the Romeo they, they only do, yeah, they had. <laughs> Like ten Romeos for a and run. they just threw the body into the Thames River that <laughs> yeah. runs through. Yeah, I made sense. Yeah, yeah. And Juliet would see her Romeo right there. I mean, this is not part of the plane. Everything's falling apart. Her lover, who loved her for who she truly was, and loved her just because she was Juliet, not because she was Juliet Capulet, but just because she was Juliet. And she sees at his waist. Every man in Venice carries a weapon. Of course. She goes, well, my Romeo, my dearest, fairest Romeo, (laughs) how could you leave me in a state like this? A fire that burns so bright, snuffed to nothing before our time. Now we will meet together at the divine. Oh, wow. Pulls out the sword right through the chest. Oh, Jesus Christ. Right through the chest. And, you know, as... I don't have a lot of strength to be able to... Well, I mean... Body weight. And you know that some of the weapons there, they're very sharp. Yeah. Just right through. Cut and it's, it's, that, it's that mad sadness that you get that, you know, you're just... You've lost your mind. She's on the brink of madness. So <laughs> there, there's, like, that whole thing. You think you kill the frog? Your, your finger... I'm going to do an analogy here. Your finger, technically, you could bite it off like it were a carrot. Right. It's just, only your mind that prevents you. you. Yeah. It. Yeah, yeah. But it's this whole thing of her mind's in complete disarray. You can do this rather easily. It's your mind that stops you. Her mind isn't stopping her. <sighs> Straight through the chest. And oh then we reach our epilogue. 
So okay, yeah. So so how does, how does this how, so how does yeah. the story end? They die. So, obviously. Yes, the scout. There are different scouts that roam the street. The Italianos see one of the Capulets taking away the friar. They question him. They go up and question each other, and they're like, "We we are in disarray. Like you need to leave." And they're like, "Well, what happened? We haven't seen Romeo in some time either." And they're like, "Oh no!" Like Friar Tuck, he goes white as a sheet. He's like, "Friar Tuck." Oh. Sorry, no, I'm getting my place confused. Robin, it's been yeah, a long Yeah, classic Shakespeare yeah, and Robin Hood versus... Robin Hood. Yeah. Frère Jomou uh, <laughs> gets, gets white as a sheet. He he goes, oh, he was supposed to be, like, at the crypt. I'm like, what crypt? And they're like, what do you mean? Yeah, and he's like, you need to go there now. And he goes, okay. So they rally <laughs> all of the Italianos. The Capulets rally themselves. They go meet at the crypt. Both the lords and the ladies come into the crypt. They see them both dead on the ground. And they are in complete shock. And it finally hits both of the heads of the household. They realize if we would have just stopped our own feud, our own useless bullshit that had started centuries ago, that meant nothing in modern times. Their times. They had been holding on to this hate for no other reason than hate itself, that they would both still have their children alive. And they would be well and happy. Mm. It was their own grudges and grievances and familial trauma passed through the generations that prevented their families from truly living. Yeah. And totally not this friar. And totally not this friar. (laughs) See, what what happened with the friar? We'll we'll, we'll get to that in just a moment. Okay, okay, okay. I'm excited. (laughs) And it ends with both of them there in the crypt. They're like, we'll bury them together. And with their burial, we bury our feud. Oh wow. We oh, wow. we will be two families bound together through the blood of our children even though they are no longer with us. And it goes to the final scene. Both of the families standing there together, mingled, they're in one crowd together. And there's the friar. <laughs> <laughs> He has not let a word of this go because he's realized (laughs) if I say what the plan really was between them, it could destroy this new piece. Right. (laughs) Right. So he says, I did it, but it was not God who compelled me to do this. It was the French. What a beautiful story. Yes, he lies to save their family right there as they curse him, as they yell at him, tell him he's damned to hell. And he is executed by the headsman right there. (laughs) Straight up. Instead of of hating each other, they hate in another country. (laughs) Yeah. And that's how, well, because he realized this is a country built on the foundation of Roman Catholicism. Hate. If he says that the church planned this, I mean, it could shatter their beliefs. Hate cannot be destroyed. It can yeah. only be removed. It can only be moved. Exactly. <laughs> That's the it can quote. only be moved. That's the famous quote, quote. Shakespeare is trying to get across. Mm-hmm. You think Shakespeare had something against the French? I mean, if you look at both, I mean, the English and the French together, <laughs> not really always on the best terms. Right. But it, it does finally end with the friar dying, taking his secret to the grave, and both of the families, though this is a tragedy, it is terrible right. and sad to see that we hope, because it is left to interpretation afterwards, what happens to these two families. Wow. wow. Wonderful. Wonderful. What so incredible story. What do you think, like what the theme is, what was Shakespeare trying to say through his star-crossed lovers? What's, what's the message of this story? Is that true love, no matter how powerful how true, how beautiful, how pure can and sometimes will always be destroyed by the people closest to you. And that the only way, no, no, that's not the whole message. And the only way for love to truly exist is for everybody to come together and realize that we're all just people and that these ancient feuds mean nothing. Wow. Wow. It's beautiful. beautiful. And also that Christianity is the way. (laughs) oh yeah okay 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 uh incredible that concludes our story what would you rate this on any scale any Any rating what would you rate this story i'd rate this 
two dead lovers out of three. Wow. <laughs> two dead lovers out of three. That's pretty well, good. I must ask, though, now, what, what was your favorite part? Yeah, what was your favorite part, Nick? Oh, definitely when the friar was explaining his plan. Because, I mean, that's absolute batshit yeah, insane. Yeah, that's wild. How did he come up with <laughs> I remember seeing we'll that on know. stage many times here yeah. locally when, <laughs> when uh, since he shakes put that on. And it was like, wow, this is incredible. <laughs> what are you? What's your favorite part? Uh, yeah, what's your favorite part, Oh, man, my... <laughs> mine wow there's just so many uh mine probably you know i'm a real sucker for someone getting their comeuppance i mm-hmm. i don't like the friar i think his that, plan was that's dumb. my favorite scene too. i honestly think it's when everyone turns and to they, him they i mean it's really nice like he finally he's like it kind of is like oh my plan didn't go right so he's like dying is probably the best way to go yeah and still solving Honestly, the problem. Yeah. No joke. The best ending is the Friar. <laughs> the, the, yeah, it's yeah, it's getting executed. Many scholars would agree. <laughs> yeah. He lost it right there. Yeah, that was probably my favorite part. Me yeah. too. Okay. Me too. Wow. wow, incredible. Thank you, Nicholas. Maybe in the future we'll yeah. visit more Shakespeare and visit our roots. Yeah, here. I think yeah. I think people Shakespeare for a lot of people, you know, they don't like to approach it. Yeah. So I think this makes it a bit more approachable yeah. for people. Yeah. Definitely. All of our yeah. all of our Shakespeare teachers from over the years are really gonna love this episode. Oh my god, this is gonna be the. Best I think one my English teacher is finally giving me that award that I'm due. <laughs> <from high school. laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Please tune in next time when we discuss. War and Peace.